1: Hey, it's Lurk. Thanks for checking out the Van Flip Podcast. If you enjoy the show, don't forget to give us a rating and review. And share us with your friends. You can follow the show on Twitter, at Van Flip Podcast. Go ahead and shoot us a tweet right now. For all things hardcore and metal music and everything in between, check out lambgoat.com. Subscribe to Lamgoat's YouTube page and you can watch all these episodes on video, get breaking news, and obscure metal content. And make sure you stay up to date by following Lamgoat and our guests on social media. I put all the links together in the show notes. Support the podcast at patreon.com slash thevanflip. This month, we're giving away a brand new copy of the new Deftones album, Ohms, to one of our lucky Patreon supporters, so make sure you're signed up. Shout out to our current Patreon supporters, Dylan, Lachlan, and Alec. Thanks for the love, guys. We appreciate it. And on this episode of the podcast, we are lucky enough to have Willie Adler, guitar player for Lamb God. Oh, yeah. What's this? I feel this. Oh, yeah. This
2: is
0: uh No, it's a- oh,
1: no, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Lam-Goat presents the Band Flip Podcast. Now, here we are, Band Flip Podcast. Uh, this is probably going to be our biggest to-date podcast that we've had, at least biggest guest, uh, definitely biggest band we've had on. I'd like to welcome Willie Adler, guitar player for Lamb of God. That is awesome. Thanks for taking the time out of the day to kind of uh, chat with us for today.
2: Yeah, no, no worries, man. Thank you guys for uh, for having me. And sorry it was a bit of a hassle trying to catch up, but huh. I appreciate you guys uh, hanging in there.
1: No worries. Yeah, well worth it. Well worth the wait. So um, like I said earlier before we got on the podcast, Alex has uh, a plethora of stuff to ask you guys. I'm going to kind of recede to the background on this episode, interjecting here or there and waiting my time for the end of the episode to you know, talk about anything that he may not have talked about. But, uh, I mean, we're basically going to talk a lot about uh, your the coffee, the Lamb of God coffee that just came out first. I'm sure we're going to knock that out because that's something that just happened. Um, you have a couple of live streams coming up, too, we'll, we'll touch on. But then, you know, we'll get into the band. So I'll just kind of hand things over to Alex. Uh, go ahead, Al.
0: All right. Uh, well, I guess I should ask, I'm not sure if you saw my tweet, but why the hell didn't you call the coffee laid to roast?
2: (laughs) That's really good, man. Um, no, I did not see your tweet. I'm not on Twitter,
0: but, uh, yeah, that makes sense. (laughs)
2: That definitely definitely gives me something to
0: think about, um, in the future. Lamb Lamb of God retweeted it like, you know, a week after I posted it. So I wasn't, somebody in the camp saw it. Which I'm grateful for, but uh, yeah, I was a little bummed because I, you know, thought of that in my brilliant brain, and <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. I just wanted yeah. to harass you about it.
1: Yeah, the, the you, I think the followers also had a bunch of other, uh, bunch of other names yeah. that they they thought of too. Yeah, were the, there were
0: a bunch of other clever ones that, unfortunately, I can't recall. Uh, but who gives a yeah. cup? That's one. <laughs> Oh man,
1: that was one that stuck out to me. But anyway, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, you know, the next, uh, the next brew you do or something down the road, maybe. So you, just, you know, maybe get on Twitter and check check stuff out because there's lots yeah. of uh, you know good we're, stuff we're on there. Into the whole world, so though. Where you know, I'm sure there's going to be plenty more opportunities to uh, name some. Yeah, us. No doubt. Uh, so, so I saw that you know the coffee's in conjunction with Paul from uh between the buried and me or he handles the roasting i guess um yeah. is that yeah. accurate all right how'd you how'd you hook up with paul uh, did you guys know that you were both uh passionate about coffee or uh my history with paul goes back a long way
2: so the the band has had a relationship with paul for a long time and paul has served as kind of an honorary touring member of lamb of god in the past um where Marcus had some some emergencies at home and and couldn't get out. Paul has filled in for us and helped out. So there were uh, you know a series of tours that we did, and one in particular that was fairly global. like we we I think we the tour ended in South Africa, but we had hit Indonesia and all these other uh, wild you know off the map places and uh, Paul and I, I'd Kind of made it a point on that tour to suss out all the local coffee spots and kind of you know see, see who was doing what and, and we would pick up coffee here and there and um, you know take it take it back to, to home and, and see what we liked and all that and I think on that tour we kind of like came up we were like yo I, we could do this like we could we could roast coffee like how <laughs> hard can it be like we we can definitely do this like uh you know and and so at the end of it we're like bet let's go home let's do this and uh so i i went one direction and paul completely went another direction i ended up on ebay like buying a bunch of old ass like popcorn machines that i was like these like roast the perfect amount of coffee like i i can have like six of them running at a time and i'll make sure that none of them catch on fire and and roasting like small amounts of coffee like five ounces in each one but it was ridiculous it was completely ridiculous i'm on my back deck and my wife is fucking losing her mind like i'm gonna burn the fucking house down and uh of course you know i'm, I'm showing paul and paul's like well i bought this actually designated coffee roaster machine that, that does a proper <laughs> so he always went up me and That just kind of went on for years until finally Paul was like, yo, I'm doing it. I'm I'm getting into the game for real. I'm going to open up my own spot down here in Charlotte. And uh, he went through a few different names and and finally settled on Nightflyer. And so when the idea um, came up that we were going to kind of dip our foot into the the coffee world, it really – I was just like, yo – I was like, we gotta, you know, it's a no brainer. Let's let's do this with Paul and, let, and let's, you know, make it legit. Let's make it a real coffee. That's let's, let's not offer some burnt to shit bullshit <laughs> that, that people are gonna, you know, flip out about because it's way too much caffeine
0: and doesn't serve it, yeah. yet, but to keep you awake. that so, makes sense. How long yeah. have you been how long have you been into coffee, you know, for lack of a better expression? Probably about
2: almost seven years now okay. I've been like diving down the rabbit hole deeper and deeper and deeper. Uh, <laughs> the first years I was really like, I need to find the, the best, you know, coffee in the
0: world kind of which, deal. Which, part uh, pardon my ignorance, but I guess I, I was reading a little bit about it and your coffee comes from El Salvador or at it's least this, this coffee. Uh, why there versus, Columbia or, I guess, the Arabica variety? I don't know a whole lot about
2: coffee. It's all, it's all Arabica variety. So the, oh, okay. the, so the deal with coffee is Central America, South America, a lot of those regions produce, you know, and we could have gone with Colombian or, or something like that, but this particular farm Paul had had history with, working with, and and knew that it was reliably sourced. and um, So that... Region of the world produces a very well balanced kind of middle of the road coffee that that has a lot of citrus notes and floral notes. And when you roast it to a certain degree, like we did with this coffee, like to a medium type of roast, you bring out some caramel and brown sugar and shit like that. So it's our whole goal with this was to put out a coffee that behaved well no matter how you make your coffee, like whether you have a, a Mr. Coffee drip machine an espresso machine, uh, you know, a pour-over rig, a, a French press, whatever you do. We wanted this coffee to perform well across the board for, for anybody. Universal, it just kind of, of, you know, be a really good coffee. So we wanted the source from that region because that coffee is very bright and and, and it will perform well with a medium roast, you know, as opposed to, like, say, East Africa to where – you kind of roast that on the on the on the darker end to bring out like chocolate and 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 you know much more deeper you know earthier kind of vibes to it, uh, which we may get into. We may dive into some 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 other roasts, but we figured our first foray into this. Let's keep it you know to where it's accessible to everybody and like our deal and what Paul really strives to do is to make sure that the coffee gets in the hands of the consumer within a reasonable amount of time from roasting. Like I was telling this to somebody else, like you could, you know, raw beans, you you could, you could spend upwards of, you know, 15, $16 a pound on raw beans, or, you know, you could spend like $3. And you take those $3 beans, you roast them and you get them to somebody within two weeks or you take those $15 beans and you roast them, you get it to somebody in three months, they're going to go for those fucking $3 beans all day. It's all about the the process with coffee is all about that window between roast and when it gets to the consumer. So we really wanted to kind of focus on that as well.
0: Wow. Yeah, that's, I mean, I'm I I'm love sorry, coffee. man. I know this. No, you talk about coffee, I'll fucking lose my mind on this shit. No, I can appreciate the, the it depth be the of your, your knowledge. I just don't <laughs> have it. I mean, I love coffee, but I'm not uh yeah, yeah, I know. No. I'm not a connoisseur no. or a snob. It's kinda yeah. like I love beer but I drink Miller Light, you know. I <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have no standards. Uh, uh it a- your time, so don't even <laughs> fucking bother. I'm just curious, could a coffee expert, you know, if you put two cups of black coffee in front of them, one from El Salvador and another from Colombia, could could anyone in the world discern 100%. the difference?
2: Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. And that's Can that's you? Big,
0: can Willie Adler?
2: I couldn't fucking tell that shit. No <laughs> right. way. I'm not that deep. No, right.
0: but that's what they
2: do. They, they they call it cupping or something like that, where they take different, you know, and they can fucking, it's like wine. It's like anything else. You can yeah. go as deep as you want to with this shit.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Can Paul, can
1: Paul, uh, has Paul got the palate for that? Cause I remember when we had him on the podcast a couple months ago when he was, uh, when, you know, people were touring and stuff like that, we ran into him in Orlando and, uh, oddly enough, you started talking about, uh, coffee, and then I just revert back to where we had a stint on that episode where we did talk about coffee, but he didn't mention anything about working with you, so I guess that was kind of under wraps at that point.
2: Um, Or we hadn't even, like I was telling, you know, like I was saying before, the, this this whole the conditions that we're kind of finding ourselves in kind mm-hmm. of lended themselves to us branching out and doing other shit. So, at that time, I don't think we had even been discussing doing anything. But so, to answer your question, I think Paul is versed enough at this point that he could, you know, I'm not trying to, to float his boat, but I, I think he, he probably could tell you different region coffee just by sipping on that shit.
1: He's a coffee sommelier or whatever they would call that. I don't know what the <laughs> proper term is.
0: Uh, well, sommelier is a wine term. Maybe yeah. it applies to coffee, too. I don't know I don't if know. that's the proper term, but it's something like that. Okay. You know? Um. Well, next time we have Paul on, maybe we'll have to do that kind of cup challenge and, <laughs> and see if what Willie said is accurate. Then you might have to find another partner when he disappoints you with his inability to tell.
1: I can say uh, I live down the road or down the wind from a Maxwell house <laughs> brewing place, so I definitely smell roasting coffee all the time I'm not a, I don't drink it myself, but I definitely smell it all the time.
2: Okay, okay.
1: Don't so what do you drink it. to wake up? Loser, I uh, nothing. I don't, I don't drink anything to wake up. I, I think I'm already amped enough when I when just when I get up, I just go. I, I can only imagine what it would be like if I did drink coffee,
0: It'd be like a crack he does, or something. Right? He does crystal meth every morning, <laughs> That's my guess. Uh, Are you so if someone says, Hey, Willie, uh, I'm running to Dunkin' Donuts, you want anything? Do you throw up in your mouth or? No,
2: no. Uh, I just had Dunkin' Donuts coffee this okay. past Sunday while we were running around. No, I'm, I am, uh, I, I, you know, I've been called a coffee snob, and I think that I, I kind of put myself in check on that. A few years ago, you may have caught me fucking saying some bullshit, but um, <laughs> I think I put myself in check and was like, you know what? Don't be a dick and just fucking drink the goddamn coffee.
1: All the baristas in Willie's area know him by name by now.
0: They do. So Starbucks versus Dunkin' Donuts, if you had to choose. Uh, I'm going DD all day. Oh, nice. nice. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, a lot more affordable as well. Uh, Final coffee question, I guess. How do you take your coffee? I'm a latte
2: type of dude. So I love espresso. So I could drink espresso straight, but I like a good latte. I like a little milk with my coffee. Um, a lot of fucking coffee purists would probably say that I'm fucking it all up. But you know what? <laughs> my coffee, don't drink it, you know, whatever. There so, you know. yeah, no, I'm, uh, I like a nice latte.
0: All right. Is there anything, you know, before we move on that, that you need to communicate in the coffee realm other Stop. than everybody if go I'm- buy his coffee?
1: Just go buy the shit. Yeah, it's good. It's, it's really good. It's not made with the kind of
2: bean. Your local coffee, support your local coffee house. I know we were talking about Dunkin' Donuts and Starbucks, but if you have like a local coffee spot in your place, support them as opposed to anybody else. Small business, especially now, needs it more than anything else.
1: Agreed. None of the no, beans no. uh none of the beans you guys use pass through any bowels of any animals correct or is
0: that yeah, No we
2: we are not we are not fucking around with that kopi luwak man
0: <laughs> Okay okay <laughs> <laughs> Any thoughts on that
2: <laughs> Uh you know we went to I actually made it a a, a point when we were in Jakarta to go and drink kopi luwak and it was like we were we had to go through some weird shopping mall and then down some weird stairs. And the guy's like, yeah, yeah, come on, come on. And I'm like, really? Like, this is sketchy. But so we ended up down in this fucking weird little spot. And I tried it. And I was like, okay. You know, I, I didn't really. I, maybe maybe my palate isn't as versed enough. Uh, but I wasn't as impressed as I thought that I should be.
0: <laughs> uh, Not surprising. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's kind of what I figured. Uh, I'll, yeah, I'll check on that. But hey, to each his own, I suppose. That's right. Uh, so you're chilling in Virginia right now. Obviously, the pandemic's got, uh, at least in America, I suppose there's limited performances going on in Europe, uh, elsewhere in the world, but, you know, America's shut down. So you guys put out an album out, which you obviously haven't been able to tour to support. Uh, what right. have you been up to? you know since the album's released since you can't play a show other than you know yeah. no. your forthcoming streaming events
2: yeah no i mean those will be really cool and uh been rehearsing a fucking shit ton for that but um no i've been actually just you know beyond the coffee thing i've been writing a lot of music so i just kind of taken the taking the opportunity to to use the time to be as creative as possible um I've been helping my wife a lot with her shop. She owns a sandwich shop here, right out by the airport in Richmond. So
0: I've been helping
2: her a lot with that because, uh, you know, being on tour, I can't really—I'm not around. So um, it's just, yeah, I'm just trying to use the time as wisely as I can and, and work on a ton of music and 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 do what I can to help her out.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I was—I was thinking. um you know, about the financial impact of this. Uh, you know, it seems like, so you have smaller bands that that have been slumming it for a while. Obviously, they can't tour and they can't earn money from their band. I'm thinking like a, you know, smallish metalcore band that's on a label and sells a few thousand albums. Uh, but they were already in crappy financial shape. So, you know, their standard of living probably sucked. <laughs> um if they weren't living with their parents or something but right. you know when you're talking lamb of god or a, an a, a established band that has sold quite a few records and you know can tour to thousands of people you've obviously you know you guys have your own standard of living that you know all of a sudden these things come to a crashing halt and i, I i'm not sure how how uh how concerning is not the right word. Just how much of a shock to the system has this pandemic been from a Lamb of God, uh, you know, standpoint?
2: Um, it, it just depends on how much you let it be. You know, it, it's either you could completely just curl up in a ball and be like, fuck, like, because at the end of the day, we'll probably be the last motherfuckers to get back to work. I mean, we get people together for a living. So, yeah, it's it's, it is, it's daunting, to say the least. But it's all in what you make it. You can either allow yourself to really just kind of wallow in it, or you can try and be creative and be like, well, okay, well, I'm going to flip the script and see see what I can do, you know, see how can we come up with creative ways to continue living and, and, and continue paying the bills and continue, you know, doing uh, keeping the band out there but keeping, you know, keeping the lights on. So it's, it's, it's a tough balance, um, but it really is all about just kind of, you know, for lack of a better term, you know, kind of keeping blinders on and keeping the fucking eye on the prize and just making sure that you just stay creative and and try to come up with other solutions
0: to figure shit out. That makes sense. Uh, you know, we talk to bands and obviously you could read the same sort of uh, um, thoughts anywhere that, hey. You know, album sales don't make you a lot of money, um, you know, due to streaming services, et cetera. So, tourings, where touring and merch is where the money is. Now, you guys have been, you know, around for two decades, I guess, and uh, a, a significant portion of your catalog came out not prior to the internet, but prior to say, you know, Spotify and Apple Music and some of these streaming services. Uh have you noticed, you know, sir, say circa 2005 Lamb of God versus 2020 Lamb of God or even 2017 Lamb of God? Have you noticed a difference in record sales income that has been uh significant? No.
2: <laughs>
0: That's fair. I, I,
2: Yeah, I mean, it's never like you kind of, you know, started off that question by saying, you know, record sales, particularly for metal and honestly, anybody outside of country and hip hop, you're not going to make money off record sales. So any kind of difference in record sales between before the streaming and after the streaming is negligible. And, And no, I'm not. I can't say that I've seen a difference.
0: Okay, so even you know, if two, if Lamb of God has a gold record in two thousand eight on Epic or Sony, that still doesn't mean shit financially from. No, I
2: mean, it, it, look, no it looks good on my wall, and that's
1: about it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Accolades well, do account for something, you know. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. My mom, I guess. <laughs> yeah. but that kind of sucks. How inspiring for all the metal metalcore bands that. Just want to sell fifty thousand records.
2: Yeah, no. I mean, I listen. It, it's all about, and I would assume that any dude who is in a metal band knows it's all about getting out there and playing. So, uh, at the moment, our hands are tied. But it, it's like I was saying. You know, we we just got to kind of think on our feet and keep us on our toes, and then just kind of try to keep moving forward and try to try to push the push. What is entertainment? And and what we can get away with.
1: Yeah, if you're yeah, selling, I think if a metal band selling fifty thousand copies, their live shows are doing pretty well too.
2: Yeah, I would I would think so. I mean, I would I would you know fifty thousand right now in this day and age with people and and uh, the way people are out of work and and current situation, I would think that that is remarkable, and it, it's also a testament to. Entertainment is such a huge part of people's lives and, and, honestly, a necessity. And, and you know, it kind of goes back to, like, I can't, somebody else asked me the question, like, what if, you know, there is, this is the new normal, the, the, you know? And I was like, I refuse to fucking believe that live music is dead. Like, that that is not, that isn't even on my fucking radar, bro. Like, that's not, that's, that's not a nice at some point. Right. And yeah, one hundred percent. At some point we're gonna get back
0: to fucking having fun and raging.
1: Yep, I hope so.
0: I Sooners hope so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's hope so. Well, I guess that, that the lack of um you know, income from record sales, uh, it's kinda interesting. I spend a lot of time on Wikipedia, like doing bullshit, like looking at songwriting credits, all kinds of things. Okay. And you yeah, know, some bands some bands delineate. Songwriters. Uh, it seemed like all your albums, like it's just every song is credited to the entire band. And I realized from a financial standpoint, you know, that probably wouldn't mean much of a difference, you know, uh, as far as you get songwriting credit on one song versus someone else. Obviously, for the Beatles, we're talking that's millions of dollars. For land sure. of God, it's it's probably negligible. But uh, was that ever a discussion? You know, are we going to highlight the person who wrote the this song, or obviously, if it's a collaborative effort, those people, or is it just like this everybody gets a, a credit? This is a you know, a team kind of thing.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it from day one, we wanted it to be you know, I mean, the, we wanted it to be that this song is by Lamb of God, that it's not, it's, it's much bigger than one person. It, it's we, we all got into this, we knew what we were getting into. It's like we all got into this to fucking. Be Lamb of God, and that's it's a Lamb of God song. It's not a fucking. It's not my song. It's not somebody else's song. It's 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 all of ours. And it you know while morale is, is kept at a at a, a at a high doing that, it, it's still it it is it's bigger than one dude, and it's all about just us doing it for the love of doing it. You know, it, none of us well, speak for myself. I mean, I, I'm not into it just to fucking claim credit for, for something that uh, you know, I did as a part of this band. This is this is the band stuff. It, it's all about the band and then not about one dude.
0: Well, you're a better man than I. If I wrote Laid <laughs> to Rest, I'd be like, why the fuck is the drummer and bassist getting a fifth of this shit? But but like I said, you know, I'm selfish in that way. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so we we already mentioned this, but you guys have some, you know, big streaming performances coming up. Uh, where, was that something you guys always intended to do? Uh, or it sort of said, hey, other people are doing it. We're Lamb of God. We should be out there doing it. Or does the label come in and say, hey, you guys really need to, uh, you know, try and do something here. So no, it's kind of
2: a, a mix on the middle. Um, we we it, it, it given our current circumstances, it seems like that is one thing that bands in our genre and, and bands across the board can do in order to stay in touch and and and, and do something cool for the band. And particularly again, man, since you know, releasing this record, we're not able to support it, not able to promote it. It was just like, well, what can we do? You know, what, uh, what can we do to, to, to get it out there and, and to keep us, you know, basically in the fans, in the fans eyes? And, and what can we do to help the fans to, to connect with us? And yeah, we saw other bands doing it. So we were like, well, you know, let's do it. Let's, let's, let's see if we, you know, what, what a Lamb of God stream is going to be like. Uh, yeah. Well, we can do it, and 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 let's make it as cool as possible, and let's let's pick some stuff that you know we haven't done before, and and stuff that obviously, if you go online, you're not gonna, you know, if you're looking for anything Lamb of God, you're not gonna miss that everybody's fucking favorite album is Ashes. So that's the one that uh, we chose to do, along with the self-titled.
0: Yeah. Well, that's my favorite album. I don't want to be you know, just another <laughs> one of those people, but yeah. I gotta be, I gotta be honest. What about, what about you? You know, if let's say, you know, if Tom Hanks came up to you and said, Hey, I heard you're in this band. I'm going to listen to one of your albums. What would you say? You know, which album should he listen to? Or maybe that's not the same as your favorite album. I guess that could be two different questions. Uh, let, let's take them one at a time. You know, what would you recommend someone if you wanted to impress them or really hook them on Lamb of God?
2: You know, it's hard to deny the, the, it's hard to deny the fans, uh, with that. And I went, and it's funny because I'm going back and rehearsing all this shit now and I'm playing songs that honestly I hadn't even listened to <laughs> in 16 years. And it's a fucking good record. It's a really good record. And at the time we were basically kids. And it, it's interesting to play it as the player as I am today and as the songwriter as I am today to be like, what was I thinking writing this fucking song? It's like nothing repeats. It's just riff after riff. And then I talk to somebody they're like, yeah, that's the fucking cool part about it. it it's fucking cool riff after cool riff after cool riff. And I'm like, you know what? There, there is something very special about that. And as a snapshot in time in Lamb of God's career, that album is very, very special. Um, where we were as dudes, where we were as people, and, and as a band collectively, where we were. Uh, yeah, it, it, I would say if I was telling Tom Hanks to go listen to a record, I would tell him to go
0: listen. Yeah, yeah well, I, Tom Hanks, to be fair, I guess he's probably not the right celebrity to mention. He might, his head <laughs> might explode, but. But, no, that makes sense. I mean, it's such a great freaking record. I, I still listen to, you know, certain tracks on there, like, all the time. Hell, I listened to Blood of the Scribe yesterday, and that one section, towards the end, I want to punch holes in my wall every frickin' time, you know, years later. So, kudos to you as a fan. That that album is... Yeah, I understand why everybody sort of points to that one. It, I, I guess... You know, if you were forced to choose a favorite at this point, well, maybe you just can't answer that. It's not really a fair question uh, to the guitarist, I suppose. Well,
2: yeah, I mean, it, it's weird, dude. It's like because every album, and I say this about every new album that we roll, like the if we have a new album, that's my favorite album. That, that's the one that I'm that I'm rolling with because I have such a the connection to it is so much closer. Uh, yep. Just uh, purely because of the time involved. Um, so. To me, dude, I love our latest record. Uh, to me, it kind of embodies everything that we do. Um, yep. But at the same time, going back and rehearsing these songs from Ashes uh, and and just basically that time period of the band, it was special because I'm not going to say that I didn't know how to write a song then, but structurally... There is no structure to a lot of those fucking songs, so it's yeah. just like that. In and of itself, I've come to realize how special it, it really is. And, and and just rehearsing all this stuff, I'm I'm like, is, this is you know, it, it was a really really cool time, and I'm I'm glad to, to have been involved with it.
0: Well, maybe that's the formula for your next fan favorite. Just don't write songs. Just throw out right. a bunch it's, of fucking riffs. Fucking. Lame them all together and be like, that's cool. Yeah, because it, it, it worked. I guess if it's an awesome riff, it doesn't really matter, does it? <laughs> right. Right.
2: No, you're right. You're absolutely right about that. Yeah, if it's awesome riff
0: after awesome riff, I mean, it's just, yeah. Yeah, that's, a, that's a, a winning formula no matter how you slice it. Well, so you're three months out from the new, well, roughly three months out from the new record. And you just said you you know, you still love it. So I was going to ask you how you, you know, with a little hindsight, how you assess the album, but sounds like you're, you're completely uh, good with it.
2: Yeah, no, I'm good with it. I'm good. I am 100% good with it. I, I think that uh, I'm happy with the process. I'm happy with how it came about and, and, and how we wrote it. In fact, I, I believe the process of writing that record will continue on through the next um, and so on. So I, I think the way that we chose to write it in increments you know, and then take breaks and walk away for a bit and then come back and, and, and listen, I think was super smart. And, uh, it, it allowed us time to kind of see, you know, where our heads were at. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm still super stoked on that record. And I, I think the, the precedent is set as far as writing goes will carry us
0: forward. Right. Uh, do you still feel the same way about, you know, New American Gospel? Because every time I listen to it, with all due respect to Steve Austin, I don't know what the fuck was going on from a production standpoint. And no, maybe that's, maybe that's dude, what we. Appeal.
2: Didn't... that was a crazy time. and I, I you know we're coming up on the 20 year anniversary of, of gospel, so it's like or it just passed, whatever it was. Um, that dude, I, I wouldn't change that record for the fucking world, man. and it, it was because it was so gritty and dirty and being in Steve Austin's little studio. And that scooter fucking two inch tape machine and him slicing that shit with a razor blade and then taping it back together. And Those were our edits. And it was like, oh, like you're taking the tape of this fucking tape that I thought was great. And, and it's got the hole and he's just fucking slicing it. I'm like, this is fucking crazy. So is.
0: The whole, that's,
2: that's the whole voodoo. Rock, yeah. The whole punk rock vibe of that whole record. I love, I love, like I look back on that time with such affinity and I'm just like, Oh, that's
0: great. Yeah, I mean, I hear you. I, I, you know, it's got a special place in my heart. Even though part of me, you know, wishes I could hear a version of it recorded differently to see how that would stack up.
2: Sure. No the 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 way the way it translated to actually record pretty shot, but you know.
0: It's amazing that that record had, with that product, that gritty ass, you know, basement production, had the mass appeal it did. So I guess that yeah. that speaks to the the songs, you know, if nothing else. But I got I got to give Steve Austin credit because, like, I that was like going to be my career, an audio engineer, and I came in at a time because I'm, you know, older now, where they were still using two inch tapes and razor blades, and there is nothing more nerve wracking. And slicing fucking tape and putting it back together, knowing there's no going back.
2: There's so. no going back. <laughs> like once you slice, dude, that's it. Like you're, you're fucking yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah some, all these all these Pro Tool motherfuckers don't don't <laughs> don't appreciate that.
2: Nobody gets it, dude. Nobody gets it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I gotta ask, how's your brother doing?
2: Um, you know, I I you would have to ask him. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that follow-up geez. questions.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I don't think there's any
2: follow-up questions yeah. for that. I mean, it
0: you know, it's uh I mean, I guess I sensed the or, or at the time that happened, you know, the relate every I guess the uh, an interview came out or you made a statement something to the effect that it was awkward, but you know, it wasn't bad vibes. Unfortunately, it sounds like there hasn't been a a lot of progress in that regard.
2: Well, I, you know what? I I would like to think that he's doing well, and I really want him to be doing well. They're just really uh, I, for lack of a, you know, I just haven't talked to him. So okay. it, it's, uh, I I really want him to be doing well.
0: Yeah, that's that's fair. Oh, yeah. Um, how how good how just you know how messed up is it or how weird is it to have been in a band with some, with your brother, no less for so long. And then, I mean, everything's great from, from the surface with art. And obviously he can, you know, he kills it on drums. I am just wondering from you emotionally, that's gotta be, you know, he was in the band before you and I assume he brought you in. Um, yeah. How weird, how weird is that Um, emotionally? I mean, he's my brother, you know, right? so it, like, um,
2: we have, we, we, we have shit that nobody else has. So it, it's, and that, that will always, you know, that, that, till the day we both die. I mean, that, that's, you know, that will, will, will always have that bond. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's, Kind of goes back to what we were talking about with the songwriting credits. I mean, Lamb of God is bigger than any one dude, and to do what's best for Lamb of God and 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 where we are now, I, I think we did what's best for Lamb of God and and
1: where the band is currently. Yeah, all right, I can appreciate that. I have a I have uh, a question regarding that regarding this kind of topic since. This, the latest album, Lamb of God, the self-titled one, that's your first release without Chris. Was there any difference in writing and, and, you know, with a new drummer in, in the midst of the group and stuff like that? Like what was different about writing this record compared to the previous records you guys had? I mean, Art and Chris are vastly different drummers and they have a vastly different approach when
2: it comes to writing and uh, being creative. So yeah, 100% different. you know, two different human beings, and and sorry, two different
1: uh, artists
2: uh, that you know approach things differently. Um, the the biggest thing for for us in art was to convince art to trust himself to to not. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Like yeah. I think art knew yeah. that he had some pretty big fucking shoes to fill when he came into the band. And I think that he really kind of wanted to make sure um that we were stoked on what he was doing. And I think one of the biggest things that I wanted Art to realize was you, there's a reason why you're here, bro. Like, you know, trust in yourself, trust in your creative process. And I want to see what you add to this. I want to see what you bring to the table. And he he didn't disappoint, man. And it was to answer your question,
1: very different, but absolutely uh incredible working with Art. Cool. Yeah, it's definitely, a, like you said, big shoes to feel, fill. And uh it definitely could be probably daunting for an outsider to come into a band that's been, you know, well-established in, like you said, two decades almost. Um That's got to be kind of a mindfuck
0: on his sense. side. We're fucking weirdo, for sure. <laughs> Did you guys... uh you know, I remember the uh, the Metallica documentaries. Jason Newstead talked about how, you know, when he came in for Cliff Burton, they hazed the fuck out of him. Did you guys harass Art at all? Um,
2: I think, <laughs> I, I think there was probably a fair share of uh, you know, little little things being little pranks being played on uh, Mr. Art. You know, I I can't remember what it was. If I do, I'll, I'll let you know at a later date. <laughs> so, there, there was, I think there was some shit that were like, yep, you got to do this. like, And it was like, see if he does it. <laughs> but uh, all in good fun. All in good fun. We knew that Art, uh you know, we had known Art for a long time. Um, Art yeah. had been a friend of the band for a long time. And, and Art had been on tour with us. And Art had uh, shared a bus with us for weeks at a time. So, uh
0: yeah, yeah Art kind of
2: knew how we operated.
0: Yeah that that's good is it weird i guess he's what he's like fifth maybe 15 years younger than some of you guys yeah um is that is that I, i'm trying to think does that even
1: it's got to be intimidating make it for it weird
0: I, I don't know i guess not I mean, know, if someone's under 21 that would be a big difference but you know 32 versus I, 45 i don't know right
2: see that's the thing it's just like you know I'll be 45 soon. I think Art's like 32, 30, 32, 31. Yeah, he's something right. Something like that. Like you said, if it were like 21 or like some dude that this was his first band and he was fucking 18. Yeah, there'd be a whole lot of wool, bro. But <laughs> no, I, I think, I think we're all at a good place. And, uh, no, there, there really hasn't been any kind of weird.
0: You know, age adjustment
2: type well, of deal. I think,
0: I think you guys did the smart thing, um, you know, in hiring a younger guy because that's the most physically demanding thing. So, you know, you guys could be in your 80s and he'll still be like, you know, uh, uh, fresh sure, 70 sure. <laughs> to bash those drums. Uh,
2: uh, no, you're right. And, you know, honestly, it, it there's a, a lot of there's a breath of, of fresh energy that Art has brought in that uh, has been greatly appreciated
0: yeah so you got the streaming events. I guess at this point it's impossible to plan anything, so it's just like you guys gotta wait um with everybody else to see what the hell shakes out uh, I assume
2: yeah, pretty much man. I mean we're gonna beyond the two streams that we'll do we're you know just kind of like i was saying i mean i'm I'm writing music and and you know, we'll see what ideas kind of come down the pipe and, and see where we can go from here and, uh, you know, what kind of avenues open up to, to
1: opportunities and, and shit that we can do. Might there be, the... uh, might there be a, uh, a sooner release than expected because of all this downtime and all this writing going on or is, or do you guys plan to stay on some kind of schedule for your releases? Uh, you know, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't
2: jump ahead of uh, a release while we still have yet to even support this album, which I think is amazing. So I think we're we're just kind of taking advantage of the time we have and using it as
0: wisely as we can. And and
2: you know, being ahead of the game isn't the worst thing
0: in the world. So there you go, folks. You heard it here first: new Lamb of God album in December. (laughs) Uh, did I get that wrong? <laughs>
2: um,
0: have I'm just curious. Have there been any, indus- I mean, people in the industry, your, you know, tour people, is anybody trying to push American bands to try, a, you know, shows in Europe at this point? I have not
2: heard anything
0: about that, no. Okay. Just curious. I don't really know what the situation is over there, but I, I do see, you know, touring or shows going on so i don't know if some people are so desperate to have their bands play shows that they're like hey you know could you play three dates in spain <laughs> but yeah, it sounds like nothing's happening
2: <laughs> yeah i don't know that that just sounds that sounds far more expensive than what it would be do you That's true. have you That's guys true. have you
1: guys gotten offers or do, do you do, do those you know come down to the pipeline and for you or do you have like a booking agent that just is not accepting offers right now? So no, no, even if you did get an offer, it wouldn't trickle down to you guys. No, no, we get offers
2: all the time. Um, and if they make sense, they make sense. But, uh, if they make sense, you'll see us do them. Yeah. I mean, I
0: <laughs> so. so when, so when <laughs> war asked you to play at the, uh, in show they're doing, that just didn't make sense. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm kidding. Of course. But they did just announce that, uh, and I guess that's not going to be too far from you. No, it's not. I had no idea they
2: were doing something.
1: How do you yeah, feel, how do you feel mean, about the drive-in shows? Because they're not the only ones doing them. I mean, I mean, that seems to be something that a lot of artists, even without, even outside the metal world, are doing. So, do you? How do you feel about taking the car how, to a drive-in how show? How far
0: can you launch fake semen? I don't know that. <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the car washes are
2: going to be busy after that one. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, honestly, you know, more power to them. And, and I'm not opposed to going to a driving show or doing one. So if, it, uh, if, if the opportunity arises and, and, it, and it makes sense for the whole band, then absolutely. You know, like I said, man, it's probably going to take baby steps to bring this whole industry back to where it was. So if that being one of them, then fucking I'm all for
0: it. Yep. Well, hopefully we don't have to. I mean, not to put down the Guar thing, but hopefully we won't have to suffer through, you know, months and months of driving shows. Because while that might work for Guar, because they're so, you know, theatrical. so theatrical, it just you know, not. It doesn't seem like it would translate for for most bands. Heck, they may um,
1: they may start like doing the- that going forward.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. And to make it really spicy, you could show up in a convertible and see what the fuck happens. (laughs) They
1: got to have a bunch of hoses running out to the cars with all sorts of fluids and stuff,
0: you know? Yeah, that's going to be interesting. Well, I, you know, I want to be respectful of your time here. Uh, I didn't have anything pressing to ask. And uh, since you've got no touring going on, you're probably going to have to do a bunch more interviews. So I don't want to, you know, I don't want to punish you too much. So
2: no, I, I I really appreciate you guys taking the time and having me on, man. And again, I'm sorry. I know it was supposed to be last week, and then it was supposed to be Tuesday, and shit for me just got out of hand. So absolutely. I really appreciate you guys with me and having
0: the patience. We, and, we uh, honestly we don't care because you're <laughs> in Lamb of God, and me personally because you know I'm the boss over here.
1: Yeah, um,
0: all right. Uh, no, no offense to Dave, but you know, well, I also this, had like a this is one.
1: I had tree services on both sides of my house for the last two days, so Tuesday wouldn't have worked anyway and uh you know I had a bunch ah. of stump grinders going on and all sorts of stuff. But uh before we cut you loose, I do know one someone wanted me to Well, ask, I just
0: wanna I just wanna say cut. sorry, sorry, uh Dave. I just wanna say, you know, I since I've been running Lamb goat, uh for twenty years. Or whatever i leave my house shows the only show in the last i used to when i was young but now now that i'm older i'm like screw that i'd rather sit at home and watch forensic files for four hours or something uh the only show i've been to in the last five years was lamb of god in reading pa so if nothing else that that says something
1: that's awesome man and I had two things. One, I think the weirdest place I've ever seen you guys play would be Bonnaroo a few years ago. And I randomly came across those videos uh on uh, my, my GoPro videos. But um it's always cool to see those types of bands break into that kind of festival environment, let alone. I mean, there are mainstream metal festivals around the world and, and starting to happen in this country as well. But at the time, I mean, Bonnaroo is, you know it was a jam band situation and then it came into what it is now. But to see you guys there was very, uh, very strange, but in a good way, you know, like, uh, I know that if you remember correctly, I think, uh, it's shut down. Bonru shut down from a rainstorm or something like that. And then you guys came on. So luckily I was able to get like very close cause you know, they weren't, they weren't letting that many people in, but that was cool to see you guys there. I've, I've also seen between the Bear and me there. And, uh, animals as leaders. So that was, that's, that was a cool little vibe. Trust me. It was just as weird for us. And uh, the
2: the whole power situation going down and then us going on. It, it, yeah, it was all around bizarre, but <laughs> it ended well. And the, the the crazy thing was, is that it was the last night of that tour. It was the last night of the tour with Clutch. And I think we were all just shot. And then to wake up on that last day, in the Bonnaroo parking lot, like outside a hotel, and it was weird. So, well, it was, yeah, no, I'm glad. I'm really glad it happened. I'm glad we played it. I'm glad it's over too.
1: Yeah, I don't know how many fans you may have won over, really, at that I, crowd. But it was definitely a highlight for me.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't even know if the. Yeah, that was it. Was a it was a wild, <laughs> it's a wild
1: show. Yeah, I think Slayer played it one one year too. So you're not like, I mean, they they yeah, definitely. Sure. It okay. definitely, You know, supplemented the metal in there. Sometimes, uh, someone wanted me to ask you, I guess this could be the final question unless Alex has anything else, but is the fight in the Philadelphia DVD real? Um, what?
2: what? <laughs> really?
1: I mean, great.
2: I thought, I think that that's been covered over and over and over again. And uh, I think Randy and Mark have extensively talked about that. So, uh, You know,
0: he's He's not coming out
2: of the meeting. Earlier interviews with Randy
0: and Mark
1: (laughs) will do. All right.
0: (laughs) Yeah. He can put a link right in the video. Uh, I did have one final, one final quick question for you, Willie, since you're such a, um, you know, a riff master, obviously you've proven your, your worth there. Is there any, any music you want to recommend? What have you been listening to? Oh
2: God. What have I been listening? There was something, man fuck was it? It's funny because I don't really listen to a ton of music, but there is this one fucking band that I was listening to and I can't... I feel like a fucking idiot. Because I don't really listen to a ton of music. I listen, you know, I, I play a lot, I write a lot, and I do a lot of my own thing and and, and all that shit. Um, God damn. Who the fuck was it? Uh, imagine dragons? No, <laughs> dragons
0: definitely, definitely not imagine.
2: If I remember, man, I will. Uh, I'll text
0: you. Yeah, there is one going to right to. now. Yeah, yeah. I want to give them a uh, you know the Willie Adler shout out, but yeah. they made such an impression on you, you can't even remember their name. <laughs> <laughs> such an asshole.
2: I'll just fuck it uh, with you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, but, uh, that's it then. We'll, uh, we'll let you go, uh, go help your wife awesome. with the sandwiches. And, uh, we super appreciate, um, your time, man. Very much.
2: Absolutely. No, I appreciate you guys. So thank you very much. Awesome. Thanks. All right. Take it easy. Willie. will man. Later. Late. Ever wonder what a punch from Elton John feels like or
1: how you cope with having turned down the chance to be in Nirvana. So join us on Too Much Effing Perspective, that's E-F-F-I-N-G Perspective, the only podcast you crank up to 11.